Hello friends, I want to welcome you to our latest podcast talk. This is Pastor Marco. Listen, uh, we love to have you come hang out with us live. If you've never been, if you live in the area, we have two services, Saturday 6 p.m. and Sunday 10 a.m. And if you have kids, we have incredible children's ministry for all ages. And don't forget to check out our website at newlifesouthcoast.com. We believe this message is going to encourage you, but also challenge you in your walk with God. It is an absolute joy to be with you guys this morning. It's been a while since I've uh, been in New Bedford, South Coast. Let me tell you, the Lord is doing an incredible work in this church and in this place. And uh, come on, you're blessed to be a part of it. Amen? As Aaron said, uh, my name is Pastor Nate Koshaba. I'm one of the associate pastors with New Life. And I'm also the Dean of Awakening Leadership Center, which I just want to give a shout out to any ALC students in the building. I see plenty of ALC students and graduates. And I would encourage you, if you're college age, coming out of high school, looking for what's next, come visit us at ALC and uh, come get trained, come get uh, equipped for what God's doing in your life. Amen. I also want to give a shout out to Pastor Marco and Lindsay. I know they're not here with us this morning, but I want to thank him for the opportunity to, to share with you guys. And I just want to tell you, you have incredible leaders and pastors here at, at South Coast. And, uh, you know, I want to pray that the Lord blesses your pastors and your leaders. Um, you know, every now and then, go up to them and just thank them. Say, hey, thank you, bless you, you know, keep doing what you're doing. Keep serving the Lord faithfully. Uh, you guys are truly blessed with some awesome leaders. And... Uh, but I'm excited to be uh, speaking in this series, Fearless. You guys have been in this series for a little while. And I think what an incredible and what a timely series or a timely subject to be looking at because I really think in today's day and age and what, everything going on in the world and you know, how unsure things seem to be, I think the enemy really wants the church to be afraid. Because if he can get us to be afraid, he can stop us in our tracks. He can keep us from going. He can keep us from preaching the only message of hope that there is in the world. And so um, I, I'm excited to be preaching. And I have to just say, too, I just feel like the Spirit of God is going to move this morning. Um, I hope you came to church today with some expectancy, with some faith. You know, I was driving here listening to Bethel, and I'm just getting amped. I'm getting excited. I'm ready. Um, you know, the power of God, the Spirit of the Lord is, wants to move this morning. And so I would encourage you, open up your hearts, open up your, your spirits, your minds to receive whatever the Lord has for you. But if you could, um, you have your Bibles with you, if you could open up to Ephesians chapter 6. I know Pastor Marco preached out of the first part of this text last week, talking about uh, the devil's schemes and the, the three strategies that he tried to use to take you out. We're going to continue in this text this morning, and we're going to look at the second half, talking today about the armor of God. And so we're in Ephesians chapter 6. We're going to start in verse 10. This is Paul writing to the church in Ephesus, and he says, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's scheme. Someone say, take your stand. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood. It's not against people. It's not against our neighbor, no matter how crazy his Christmas lights may look this year. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, 
against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realm. So you and I have an enemy. Pastor Marco, I think, talked about this last week as well. You have an enemy. You have someone who's trying to take you out. You have someone who doesn't want what's best for you, doesn't want what's best for your family. There's, some, there's something that's trying to take out your future, that's trying to get you to live in fear, okay? So we do have an enemy. We need to make sure we know what the real enemy is. And so because of this, Paul says in verse 13, therefore put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, so that when problems come, listen, problems are going to come. Struggles are going to come. Attacks are going to come. That's not the question. Paul says, well, listen, when the day of evil comes, when that test comes, when that unexpected phone call comes, someone in your family's sick, someone in your family got hurt, whatever it may be, when that day comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything to stand. And so verse 14, stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. How many of you guys have your sword with you right now? Amen. Which is the word of God and pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the saints. Let's pray this morning. Father, we just ask right now, God, that you would speak to each and every one of us, Lord. We ask, God, that you would open up our hearts, Lord, to be receptive to your word. Lord, I pray whatever distractions, God, are maybe on our mind right now or upon our spirit from this week, God, Lord, clear them away, we pray. Help us right now, Lord, to focus in on what you have to say to us and what you want to do in us this morning. We do believe, God, that your spirit wants to move in a mighty way in our lives, God. So, Lord, we surrender ourselves to you right now. Lord, we ask, God, come and speak your word to us. Speak your word. Change us, Lord. Heal us, God. Build us up this morning by the power of your word. We pray this in your mighty name. Amen. 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 And so... The text we just read comes at the end of the book of Ephesians. And so this is after Paul has already written this church, a bunch of, you know, five other chapters and a bunch of things talking about all of the wonderful things that God has done for them. You know, this is coming at the end of this whole list of topics. Some of them, you know, he's talking about all that God has done for us. He's discussed our standing with the Lord in Christ, that we're now accepted. We're now sons. We're now daughters. He's talked about that. He has explained the great plan of God. And he's talked about the fact that we get to be a part of God's plans. How awesome is that? That God has a plan and he's invited us to be a part of it. He's discussed the type of life that God calls us to. He's talked about being filled with the Spirit and walking with the Spirit. And after all of these amazing, wonderful, powerful things, Paul says, by the way, make sure that you're ready to stand your ground. Because you've got an enemy. You're in a battle. See, every day you wake up and you put your feet on the ground next to your bed, you are stepping onto the battlefield. All right, it may not look that way now, depending on how your room looks. It might look like a battlefield. Some of you got to clean your room, put your clothes away. But spiritually, if you could see into the spiritual realm, 
There's a battle going on. Battle going on for you. A battle going on for your family. There's a battle going on for your neighbors. There's a war taking place and you step onto that battlefield every day. And so Paul wants to make sure that we know there's a battle happening and you've got to be prepared for it. You've got to be equipped for it. Now, Paul is not saying this to discourage us. Okay? Now, some of you might be like, battle, what are you talking about? Paul's not saying, listen, it's gonna, you know, I know all these wonderful things, but you know what? There's a battle, so just be discouraged. Just you know, give up. No, he's saying, listen, there's a battle, but our God is so faithful. Our God is so mighty that when you put on his armor, when you put on what he's given you, you can take your stand against the schemes of the enemy. Not just defensively. See, I don't believe the Christian life is supposed to be a constant defense where you're just barely hanging on. You're just barely trying to not get pressed back. You're just barely trying to make it. That's not what the kind of life you were called to in Jesus Christ. See, what Paul is trying to tell us here is, listen, if you put on the armor of God, not only are you going to be on the defense, but you will be someone who is armed and dangerous to the kingdom of Satan. I believe the Lord wants you to be armed and dangerous. See, not only can you defend against the schemes of the enemy, the attacks of the enemy, you have some territory to take from the enemy. And when you begin to walk in the power of the Lord, when you begin to walk with the armor of God on you every single day, you are dangerous to the devil. Not because of anything you've done. Not because of anything in you. But because of the Savior who has clothed you with his armor, the Savior who has given you a new life, the Savior who has given you the same spirit that rose him from the grave. So I pray that when you step into your workplace, you're saying, I'm going to be dangerous today. I pray as you're doing your yard work, you're looking around your neighborhood say, I'm dangerous here. I'm dangerous to what the enemy wants to do in New Bedford. I'm dangerous to what the enemy wants to do in my family. I'm dangerous to the devil because I'm walking with Jesus. I'm walking in his spirit. Amen. And so Paul's telling us, put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand. You got to take a stand against the enemy. But see, the thing is, the Lord's given us this armor. And we're going to talk a little bit about each, each piece of this armor But the Lord's given it to us. The problem is, though, tools are only useful if you know how to use them. I can give you a bunch of power tools for Christmas. If you don't know how to use them, it's a waste. Or even in my own life, um, my wife and I are expecting a baby. And uh, (laughs) yesterday she had her shower, and I went there to pick up all the gear and all the the stuff and just the the mountains and the piles of... (laughs) of things that this kid apparently needs <laughs> to survive. And uh, I'm looking at all this stuff. In fact, last night we were trying to set up some of it and setting up the, uh, the car seat stroller thing. My goodness, I've never faced a challenge as difficult as that. <laughs> but I'm, I'm looking at this stuff saying, my, man, I got to figure out how to use this. 
Otherwise, it's useless. All right? Because the baby might be crying, but if I don't know what to do and what this thing's for and what that stuff's for, forget about it. So I've got a lot of homework these next few months. (laughs) Going to be reading some stuff online, YouTube videos. But the thing is, if you don't know how to use what God's given you, then it's not going to have any use for you. And so we have to understand what this armor is. How do we put it on? How do we live with this armor? And so Paul, first of all, is telling us, listen, put on the armor of God. This is something you have to put on daily. This is not something that happened when you were saved and now you never have to worry about it, never have to deal with it again. That's it. You got to put this on daily. You got to get up in the morning and say, all right, Lord, put on my armor. Lord, put it on today so that you can take a stand because you're going to have to take a stand. Every day, you're going to have to take a stand against what the enemy is trying to do to you, to your family, to your coworkers, your friends. And so you got to put it on daily. Now listen, the fact that you put it on means it's not something that you have. It's not something within you. You got to put it on. You have to receive it from the Lord. It comes from Jesus Christ. See, you don't have faith without Jesus. You don't have righteousness without Jesus. Okay, you don't have anything for this battle without Jesus. And so Jesus is saying, listen, come to me. I will give you this so you can put it on and you can stand against the enemy's schemes. And so what we're going to talk about today, this has to become a daily habit in your life. It's something you got to do every morning in prayer saying, Lord, help me, equip me, prepare me for what's going to happen today. And so let's break this down because Paul starts by, he starts listing out. And what's interesting, when Paul's writing this, he is under house arrest in Rome and he is chained every day to a Roman soldier. And so as he's writing, I can see Paul writing to the Ephesians and looking at this guy, looking at his armor. And this is where Paul begins to get this picture. It's a Roman soldier that Paul is looking at literally right next to him. You know, Paul, hey, he had sermon illustrations too, you know. This is what he's using. And so he starts by breaking this down. He says, first of all, put on the belt of truth. None of this means anything if you don't understand truth and if you don't have the truth. You see, the belt for the Roman soldier would go on before the rest of the armor. Before anything else went on, he put his belt on because he had to secure the clothes he was wearing underneath the armor. That way they didn't get wrinkled. They wouldn't get all bunched up. You know, what it's, you know how uncomfortable it is when your clothes start to get bunched up. You tuck in your shirt. It starts to come untucked. Like it's, it's uncomfortable. Now imagine fighting in battle and you're trying to fix your shirt. You're trying to fix your pants. All right? See, the belt would hold everything together. Truth is what holds everything else together. If you don't have the truth of Jesus Christ, you will be shaken in this life. Your life will be tossed to and fro. See, the truth of Jesus is what holds us together. It's what we build our life on. So that way when the lies of the enemy come, and they will come, and the devil begins to whisper things to you, begins to say things to you, you can say, wait a second, that does not line up with the truth. Because the enemy's going to start coming. 
He's going to tell you situations are hopeless. He's going to tell you you can't do it. You know, a lot of times the devil will speak in your voice. The enemy starts speaking to you. He doesn't come say, it's the devil here. Have something to say to you. Because then we can say, wait a second. He starts to begin to say, I'm a failure. I can't do this. I can't deal with this anymore. I don't have hope. And when you begin, when you know the truth though, and every morning you put on the belt of truth, you begin to hear those things. You say, wait a second. That's not how the Holy Spirit talks about me. That's not what the Bible says about me. That's not what my father has spoken over me. And so you're not shaken. Yeah, there may be a storm raging around you, but you're firm and planted in the truth of God. So you need to know that God is for you. Secondly, he says, put on the breastplate of righteousness. We have this picture of being clothed in the righteousness of Jesus. And it's that that's going to defend our heart. It's going to defend all the vital, you know, the breastplate would defend all the vital organs in the, you know, the soldier's body. When you're clothed in the righteousness of Jesus, you're impervious to the enemy's attacks. See, righteousness does not come from your works. It doesn't come from you being a good person. Righteousness comes from the fact that Jesus Christ fulfilled the law and obeyed perfectly for you. And he gave his life on the cross. And he exchanged his righteousness for our sin so that every day we can wake up and be clothed in his righteousness. So you got to be dressed every day in the righteousness of Jesus. The greatest defense against the world's accusations is a life of righteousness. If you live in righteousness, no matter what your coworkers might say about you, it can't stick. See, living righteously is a way better defense than any words you can come out with. And so if you're going to stand up to, you know, maybe people insulting you, attacking you, whatever, hopefully you are living in Christ's righteousness. That way you can say, look at my life. See, you can't be doing something shady at work, get caught, get fired for it, and say, oh, the devil's attacking me. No, you weren't putting on the righteousness of Christ. You opened yourself up to that. So you got to live every day with the righteousness of Jesus on your life. So that way, yeah, the world can say what they want about you, but it's not going to stick. The righteousness of Jesus will defend you. He then goes on to the shoes or the sandals of the gospel, seeing, telling us to be prepared with the readiness that comes from, from the gospel of peace. See, probably one of the most important pieces of a soldier's armor for the Romans. And actually, one of the reasons they won so many battles was that they had really good shoes, right? They had shoes that had metal spikes in the bottom of them so that when they were fighting, they could plant themselves into the ground. And no matter what their enemy was doing, they were solid. Dr. Schultz. <laughs> that's, that's great. <laughs> I gotta call that guy for sermon illustrations. <laughs> Get me his number. <laughs> Paul is saying you gotta clothe your feet with the gospel. 
with the readiness of the gospel. Are you ready at a moment's notice to share the gospel with someone? Are you ready at a moment's notice to be on mission, to be fulfilling your purpose? See, when you understand the gospel and you have the gospel ready at hand, you're ready to go. You're ready to move. See, you have your feet clothed, ready. You know, the Bible says in Isaiah, beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. Are you ready to move? Because listen, one of the best defenses is being on mission. When you forget your mission, when you forget your purpose, you open yourself up to every distraction the enemy wants to bring against you. But when you understand, no, no, my purpose and my mission is to bring the gospel to those who need it, you can begin to look at things and say, wait a second, that doesn't, come, that doesn't fall in line with what I'm doing. That's not who I am anymore. That's not, not going to benefit me at all. Because you understand your mission. So you're not going to be moved by the enemy. After that, Paul says that the helmet of salvation. Pretty clear. If you're going to go into battle, you need to guard your head. Your head, your mind, is probably one of the biggest places the enemy is going to attack you. And Paul says to clothe your head, to basically clothe your mind with salvation, with the salvation of Jesus. Now, you see, when the soldier would put on his helmet, first and foremost, it would guard the back of his head. See, I think Paul wants us to understand that salvation, it's it's already taken care of your past. Your mistakes, who you used to be, everything in your past has been cleansed, has been purified, has been healed by Jesus. Because the enemy will use your past to attack you. The enemy will use your past mistakes, who you used to be, to discourage you. Begin to say, okay, I see you in church today worshiping, but I remember what you did a month ago. I remember what you did a year ago. And you got to say, wait a second, that's covered by salvation. That's behind me. That's not who I am anymore, devil. Jesus has covered that. Jesus has forgiven that. And so the helmet would guard the back of the soldier's head. But it would also cover the front. And he would have a place to look out. His vision would be focused. His vision would be focused on what he needed to do. On the enemy. On his mission, his purpose. Again, you have to be focused on who it is and what it is God has called you to. You know, I think the more mature you become as a Christian, the longer you walk with with Christ, the less and less the enemy is going to try to take you out with, uh, with, with the crazy stuff. You know, when you're first saved, those things you used to be in, yeah, the enemy uses those to try to pull you back. But the longer you walk with Christ, the devil becomes more subtle. The Bible says not to be deceived. He is, he is cunning. He has schemes. And I think the longer we walk with Christ, all the devil wants is just to take our focus off the mission and the purpose. Look to this thing. Look to that thing. To that problem. To this issue. Get caught up with more money. Get caught up with this thing. Get caught up with getting that promotion. Get caught up with getting the bigger house or the nicer car. Get caught up with that relationship. So that way your focus is taken off of the battle 
and on to something else that really has no eternal benefit or value. So you got to guard your head. you got to guard your mind. you got to guard your vision. Where are you looking in life? Because what's awesome, Jesus says, seek first the kingdom and its righteousness, and what? All else will be added to you. All else will be added to you. The Lord's going to take care of you. Don't freak out about this thing. Don't get focused on that thing. Paul says in Romans that he did not spare his own son for us. How will he not also along with him graciously give us all things? You've got to guard your mind and say, listen, I'm focused on what Jesus has called me to do. The Lord's going to take care of everything else. He's going to take care of everything else. And so put on the helmet of salvation. Paul then says, take up the shield of faith. And the word that Paul uses here to describe a shield is not a little tiny shield. It's not this little tiny thing that, you know, he, it's really, um, it's the word that they use for this big giant shield, almost like a full body shield that the Roman soldiers would carry. I don't know if you've ever seen the movie Gladiator, but there's a part where the emperor comes out into the arena to, to meet the gladiator and his, his, um, his guards have these huge kind of um, rectangular shields. That's the kind of shield that Paul is talking about here. It's a shield that covers everything. Paul's saying this is the shield of faith. That your faith in God, your faith in Jesus covers all of you. For what purpose though? To protect against the fiery darts the enemy is going to throw at you. See, this was probably the most dangerous thing in, in ancient warfare. Were these fiery darts and arrows that they would shoot at the attacking army. They would soak them in, in, in pitch. They would light them on fire. And it wasn't just to, to injure people. It was to terrify them. To scare them. So that way, I mean, listen, if you see a flaming storm of fire coming at you, like that's going to shake you a little bit. I'd be shaken. <laughs> I'd like to think I'd be brave, but I'd be like, where can I hide? Where can I go? Um, but what this big shield would do is the arrow would sink into the wood of this shield and would be extinguished. And so Paul is saying, hold up the shield of faith so that when the devil shoots temptation at you, when the devil shoots fear at you, when the devil begins to shoot worry and anxiety, when he begins to shoot discouragement and depression, you hold up your faith in Christ so that that dart is extinguished and doesn't bring any harm to you. When we walk in faith in Jesus, not in ourselves, not in our own righteousness, not in our own power, when we walk in faith in Jesus, that's how we overcome temptation. That's how we overcome fear. You know what's really cool about this too, and this is kind of a side note, but when the Roman soldiers would be going up against an army, they would lock their shields together, side by side, so that way the army could advance together as one and literally become a wall that was impervious to the enemy's attack. See, your own faith is powerful, but when you get shoulder to shoulder with some other people that have got faith, that believe in the Lord, that trust in the Lord, come on, you're a force to be reckoned with. Let me tell you what you're doing, what the Lord's doing here in New Bedford, 
get shoulder to shoulder with each other and begin to see what he continues to do. Begin to see what territory you can take as you walk side by side, faith by faith together. And so your faith will defend you from the fiery darts of the enemy. Now listen, so far everything Paul has been talking about is a defensive weapon. It's a defensive weapon. But we talked about at the beginning of this, you're not just meant to be on the defense. You're meant to be on the offense. And so now Paul switches gears and he says, finally, take up the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. See, the thing about a sword is that a sword can be a defensive weapon as you block the attacks of the enemy, but it's also an offensive weapon with which you begin to attack the enemy. You begin to advance upon the enemy. And so what what Paul is saying is you need the word of God. If you're going to defend yourself, if not only defend yourself, if you're going to begin to come against the plans of the enemy, the, the schemes of the enemy, what the enemy's trying to do over your family, what the enemy's trying to do in your workplace, if you're going to come against that, you need the sword of the spirit, Paul is saying. You need the word of God. Because the word of God has power. It's, the Bible says it's sharper than any two-edged sword. The Bible says that his word does not return to him void, that it goes out and accomplishes it what he purposed it to accomplish. And so come on, you as a believer, you got to pick this thing up every single day and begin to get into it, begin to study it, begin to know it, so that when the enemy begins to attack, you can say, hold up, devil. Let me tell you what my God has said about you. Let me tell you what my God has said about me. Let me tell you the promises that my God has spoken in this word. Promises that will be fulfilled. Promises that can't be shaken, that can't be stopped, that can't be held back. Why do you think it's so hard to read your Bible sometimes? Because the devil knows if they pick up their sword. The devil knows that they begin to learn how to use their sword. The devil knows if you begin to memorize some of this, you begin to praise some of this, that his plans are going to come falling down. You know, one of the things I hear people say a lot is, you know, I read the Bible and I don't remember what I read. And to that, I would say, I don't remember what I had for breakfast yesterday, but it still nourished me. Let me tell you, when you begin to read this, when you begin to read this, it might be a struggle, but let me tell you, this isn't like any other book. So you can go read Lord of the Rings and maybe not understand what they're talking about and that's it. You read this, you're engaging with the living, active word of God and you can't help but be changed when you encounter the word of the Lord. So you got to pick this up. You got to study it. You need to learn it. You need to be able to use it. You know, if someone came in here and said, Pastor Nate, we're going to start fencing together, sword fighting. I'm done. I've never picked up a sword in my entire life. All right. This person would just it'd be over in five seconds. Some of us are like that in the spirit. We don't pick this up. We don't read it. We don't get it in us. And then the devil comes and pulls his sword out and begins to to wreak havoc and begins to attack. And we say, I don't know what to do. Come on, you got to begin attacking the enemy with the word of God saying, no more. No more. 
you know, lately in my extended family, it just seems like things are, are, are going crazy. I've, I've got an uncle who's been in the hospital now for about three weeks. They're still trying to figure out what is going on with him. I've got an aunt that uh, was just diagnosed with, I believe, Parkinson's disease. I've got a cousin who is, is, is in drug addiction. I've got another cousin who, who has been in and out of jail. And part of me, my, the flesh side of me has been saying, I don't know what's going on. I don't know what to do with this. But I've been reading the word and I've been praying. And I've been quoting scripture saying, no, 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 devil, you are, you've taken too much and it stops here. That's why you need the word of God. Because when the day of evil comes, Paul says, and it will come, you can take your stand against the enemy. You can take out the sword of the spirit and say, no, no, not today, Satan. Not anymore, Satan. You've come too far. And not only stopping his advance, but taking territory back. Amen? So Paul says, you got to take out the sword of the spirit. You need to know how to use that sword. Now, when we talk about the armor of God, that's where a lot of us stop right there. We put a period, that's it. But Paul follows all of this up. He says, and also pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Paul follows all of this, all of this up with the command to pray. Am I going too long? Am I? Okay. I see the clock back there and it's red and it's got a negative sign. It's like. <laughs> so Paul says. After all of this, pray in the spirit. You want to know how to put the armor of God on every morning? It's prayer. It's prayer. There is nothing more dangerous to the plans of the enemy than a Christian on their knees. That's where we fight our battles. That's where we wage this war. That's where we put the armor of God on every single morning. When we get up and we say, Lord, I'm going to pray. I'm going to seek you. And Paul says, pray in the spirit. A couple things I'd say about this. One, I think Paul's telling you, telling us, you got to pray in your spiritual prayer language. I don't know what you may believe about that, but I believe there's a spiritual prayer language available to all believers who want it. Praying in tongues is how we often hear it referred to. Paul's saying pray in the spirit. When? All the time. On all occasions. All the time. You know, what's awesome about praying in the spirit, what's awesome about praying in tongues is to you, you don't know what you're praying for. When I pray in tongues, I got no idea what I'm praying for. I think one of the reasons for that is because God doesn't want you to know what you're praying for. Because I think you'd be a little scared. <laughs> you'd be a little overwhelmed if you knew what the Lord was praying, what the Lord was saying, what the Holy Spirit was saying through you. So you gotta pray in the Spirit. All right, listen, the Lord gives gifts to us to use them. Praying in tongues is not something that just happens once. 
It's something the Lord gives you, a gift to, he gives you to strengthen you. The Bible says that when someone prays in tongues, he builds himself up. I don't know about you, but I need to be built up. I need to be built up every day. Amen? But I also would say that praying in the Spirit means that you are praying according to the leading of the Spirit. Do you ever ask, Holy Spirit, what do I need to pray for? Who do I need to pray for? You ask the Holy Spirit that question, let me tell you, he's going to answer. He's going to be going to bring things to your mind. And so we need to pray in the Spirit on all occasions, Paul says, never ceasing. See, the hardest battle you're going to face every single day is whether or not you pray in the morning. But if you win that battle, every other battle that day is going to be easier. If you lose that battle, every other battle that day is going to be harder. Can I challenge you? Pray every morning. Even if it's five minutes. You don't need to get up and pray 60 minutes. Especially if it's your first time praying in the morning, it ain't going to happen. All right? It's just not going to happen. You know, another thing I hear about, you know, people who say, well, I get up and I pray and I, I, you know, I'll be praying for a few minutes and I'll fall asleep. We've all been there. Come on, let's not be like, that's not me. I never sleep. (laughs) Whether you're a morning person or night person, you know, I pray and I fall asleep. What I would say to that is, I don't think God gets upset with his children when they fall asleep in his arms. How many parents would get angry? I don't have, my kid's not here yet, but I'm pretty sure I'm not going to get upset if they fall asleep in my arms. How dare you? I was talking. I was reading that story. (laughs) This book was for you. It's not for me. I don't find this entertaining. (laughs) Hungry Caterpillar, what? It's not for you. The Lord's not upset with you. You fall asleep. But pray. Don't give up. Don't lose that battle. Get up every morning and say, Lord, help me today. Clothe me in your armor today, Lord. Clothe me in your righteousness. Paul says, with all kinds of prayers and requests, so what should we pray for? Everything. There's nothing too small or too large for God. Pray, Lord, I need help. And then Paul says, keep praying for all the Lord's people. So who should we pray for? Yes, we should pray for ourselves, but we should pray for others. I think one of the greatest signs of maturity for a Christian is when they begin to pray more for other people than they do for themselves. If you look at the prayers of Jesus, Jesus spent a lot more time praying for his disciples and for those around him than he did for himself. See, when you begin to pray for other people, I believe not only is God going to touch their life, but then he looks at that and sees your humility, sees your faithfulness and says, I'm going to touch their life as well. Listen, we are not in this battle alone. And I would start to wrap up by saying, one, I think the devil wants to convince you that you're in this battle alone. That whatever you're going through, it's just you. No one else can understand it. No one else has ever been through it. You need to figure this out on your own. If you tell anyone you're a weirdo, you're a freak, we are in this battle together. 
And one of the greatest weapons we have is when we begin to lay hands upon each other and we begin to pray for each other. Lord, I pray you set my brother free. I pray you heal my sister, Lord. I pray you touch their family, God. I pray you bless them, Lord. I pray that there's breakthrough for what they're going through. And I would say this too. You don't have to say a lot of words to pray for someone. You know, I think sometimes someone will say, I'm going through this, I need prayer for this. And we think, well, I got to have the largest, greatest, most King James Version prayer. <laughs> Somehow the eloquence and the, the size of our words will, will bring out the answer. That's not what brings it. It's the faith of God's people coming together, believing that God can do it. And so I want to give you permission today to pray for one another. I don't know what the rules are down at the altar, so don't be running down here just praying all over everybody, okay? That's, that's different. But if you're in the lobby talking to your brother or your sister, say, listen, I'm going through something at work. Say, hey, can I pray for you? Lord, bless them. Lord, take care of them. Lord, I pray there's peace. And don't, don't think you have to go on praying for 10 minutes. But if we begin to pray for one another, using the weapon that God has given us, I, we can't even begin to imagine the victories we would see, the breakthroughs we would see if we pray. So God has given all of us this. Why? What is the purpose? Because you are meant to be a mighty warrior who would take a stand against the enemy's plans, against the schemes of the enemy. See, you need to be a fighter. You need to fight for your family. If you're a mom or dad here today, you need to fight for your children. You know, as I was preparing for this, I just felt like the Lord was saying that there's some single moms here today who needed this word. You need, God has given you what you need to fight for your family, to see your family blessed, to see your family walk in the ways of the Lord. Don't let the fear and the worry the enemy's trying to bring upon you that you can't do it without the, the Father. You can't do it without a man. No, God has given you everything you need. And I want to encourage you today. You stand in the gap for your children. You stand in the gap for their future. You stand in the gap for what the Lord wants to do in their life. Begin to fight. Maybe there's some people here today that the word divorce has been circling around your household. Today's the day you begin to fight against that lie. The enemy will not have his way with your marriage. The enemy will not have his way with what God brought together. And so if that's you here today and you've been struggling with your marriage, begin to come to the Lord and say, Lord, bring healing. Lord, bring restoration. Lord, bring forgiveness. It's time to fight. Come on, the enemy's trying to do way too much in our community, in our families, in our church to not be getting up with the armor of God and fighting. I pray that we fight for justice. 
We fight for those who can't fight for themselves. We fight for those who don't know Jesus yet. We fight for those who, who, are, who are in poverty. We fight for those who have no future right now. And we believe that the Lord is going to use us to bring freedom to them, to bring hope to them, to bring joy to them. Come on. You are a warrior. You are not a weakling. You are not a failure. You are not a mess up. You're a a soldier in the army of the Lord. And so I encourage you every day, get up, put on the full armor of God. Take your step out onto the battlefield and believe that today the Lord is going to bring a victory in my life and in others' lives. Amen, church? Would you just lift your hands? I want to pray for you this morning. Father, we just thank you so much, Lord, that you are a faithful God, that you are a mighty God, you are a powerful God. Lord, we know, Jesus, you have already won the victory on the cross, Lord. Lord, that every every demon, every spirit, every lying voice, God, was already defeated on the cross. Lord, as you were nailed to that cross, Lord, as you died and were raised, raised back to life, you won the victory for us, Jesus. And so, Lord, today... I pray that we would stand up in that victory, that every day we would put on the full armor of God so that we may take a stand against the enemy's schemes, Lord. Lord, I pray for those here today, God, who maybe have been under attack in their family, in their marriage, in their job, Lord. Lord, we pray let today be the day of deliverance, God. Lord, will you come, Lord, and rescue. You come and heal. You come and restore, Lord. Lord, I pray, God, that when we set foot on the battlefield every day, that you would use us, God, to bring victory to others, to our co-workers, our family members, our friends, Lord. Lord, to this city and to this region, God, may we begin to see the territory the enemy has stolen. May we begin to see it taken back by the people of God for your kingdom and for your glory, Lord. Lord, I pray you bless everyone here today. I pray your Holy Spirit comes and anoints everyone here today, God. Fill us, Lord. Strengthen us, Lord. Encourage us, God. Lord, I just pray right now, I feel your spirit telling me to pray for those who are dealing with depression, God. Let depression be broken in Jesus' name, Lord. Lord, no longer will they be uh, tormented in their mind and in their feelings in their emotions, Lord. Lord, we pray, God, freedom in Jesus' name, Lord. Freedom by your spirit in Jesus' name, Lord. So, Lord, we thank you, God. We thank you, Lord. And we give you all the praise and all the glory today in Jesus' name. And everyone said amen. Come on, lift up a shout of praise to the Lord this morning. Praise you, Lord. I want to thank you for listening today and i want to encourage you to share this with someone who needs to hear about the love of god and uh hope to see you soon